Next on BYU Sports Nation, a step forward. What will it take to take a step forward this season for Cougar football? David Nixon will chime in on that very discussion and we'll ask him what the latest is with Taysom Hill and the Green Bay Packers. If he's a good brother-in-law, he'll know. He Plus, know don't miss the O-line versus D-line. You laugh, you lose in today's fresh edition of Between the Lines. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. What's up, peeps? BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Tuesday, June 20th. We are one day closer to BYU Football Media Day. I'm Jerem Jordan. Spencer Linton is harvesting fresh cactus juice, so I'm joined by Five for Fighting groupie Jason Shepard. <laughs> no, you were not going to pin that on me. No? No, you were not. Why don't you sing a, a few bars of Five for Fighting? I can't stand to fly. We were listening to Five for Fighting before the show for no good In reason. In a very roundabout way, it got back to Five for Fighting somehow. It always does. No, it doesn't. You're right. And then at the <laughs> end, we were, we were listening to Rush. Shout out to uh, our friend Greg Rubel. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, we are one day closer to BYU Football Media Day, which is awesome. And I can't wait for that. It's coming up in a couple of days. And speaking of football and golf, here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. Kalani Sitake and Kyle Whittingham played together in yesterday's annual Kidney Foundation Charity Golf Invitational, BYU versus Utah, sort of. Or as it used to be, BYU versus Utah. That, the, uh, the gap is narrowing. Right. Well, and the, it used to be one against the other, and now it's not. And then, well, now they're together. They they, they played in the same group, I played, believe. Yeah, they were they played together. Yeah, and here's a great picture from uh, Randy Dotson uh, of the two coaches together. Oh. And and Randy's got on a pretty cool hat with the bell yeah logo. That's on pretty it. Sweet. That is really cool. TBD info on that coming up in the next couple days. They ended the tournament shooting a 12 under 61. Not bad. No one was forced to sing each other's school's fight song, by the way. Yeah, and that was, that was what? The, the tradition. Come on. Well, and what makes it, makes it even worse is that uh, the winners of this actually were, were BYU guys. Robbie Bosco, national championship quarterback for Los Cugadores. And Associate Athletic Director Brian Santiago's team won at 14-under. So, so Those te- guys can golf. So technically, they, this could have been a time where the Utah players could have sang Rise and Shout. Let me guess. Let me guess. Utah's like, you know what? We're beating you every year. We don't need to do You this. know what? Let's and then this, this up is the year. Yeah, and then this is the year that yeah. BYU wins. Come on, man. But it is for a great cause. Yes, Congratulations to both parties. Raising money for the Kidney Foundation, that's a great cause. Yeah, well, and, and you, saw, you saw the the picture with Kalani and, and with Kyle Whittingham. That, that's kind of the new way that's, of the rivalry. And Kalani has merged this gap. We've talked about yes, this. Yes, He He's making it, as Blaine Fowler came in and uh, talked about one of uh, Kyle's brothers. I'm trying to remember, was it Brady? Uh, Brady. Brady, who uh, is saying, it's hard to hate BYU. <laughs> it's really hard with Kalani Stockett doing what he's doing. Maybe we'll start seeing some uh, some billboards. Like on uh, on I fifteen, it's hard to hate BYU, and maybe right around point of the mountain. Well, the, yeah, probably yeah. not. 
Probably not. No. But yeah, Bronco and Kyle didn't have billboards together after a while, so <laughs> it's good that they're playing together. Yes, absolutely. Right. Jacob Brugman went 0 for 3 in an A's loss to the Houston Astros last night. Brugman and the A's are set to play the Astros again tonight at 10 p.m. Eastern time. BYU starting pitcher Maverick Buffo, one of the greatest names in Cougar baseball history or sports Unless history. it's mispronounced Buffo, <laughs> yeah. which got done a lot. Yeah. Signed with the Toronto Blue Jays. Yesterday, that's Mark Durant's favorite team. No official word yet on where he will be assigned, but we will pay close attention to that and let you know. Yeah, and uh, Adam Law went one for four in an Arkansas Travelers loss to the Northwest Arkansas Naturals. This was his third game back after returning from the disabled list. Throughout the records, when the Travelers and Naturals get together. Arkansas baseball. That's right, baby. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. Brought to you by Ahern Rentals. Your next job is our priority. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. A step forward. Friday is BYU Football Media Day. We'll continue to break down the season, position groups, schedules, players, etc. until we have, finally, a game to discuss. Okay, More on that number later. In the meantime, BYU Football is in year two of the Kalani Stake era, looking to move the program forward. BYU has not won ten games in a season since 2012. That's a five-year run, Jason. It's been a while since that happened in BYU football history, which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU's last five-year drought of a 10-plus win season came all the way back between 1974 and 1978. It's been a while. So, you know, 10 wins, obviously something BYU fans, uh, I think, are hoping for. That'd be a step. We'll discuss what that is, but that brings us to today's Twitter question. Absolutely. What does BYU football need to do in 2017 to take a step forward as a program? Our first tweet comes from at Ty underscore Dama underscore sign. We must go for it on 4th and 19 until Johnny Linehan makes it. Oh, until he makes it? Until he makes it. Okay, but we did bring up 4th and 19. Okay, now Johnny responded to this. Yes, he did res- very quickly, by the way. He's on it. He said, Jerem's going to love reading this tweet. Hashtag fourth and no more. Johnny gets it. Johnny gets it. I was going to assess a yellow card uh, to not only uh, tie Dama sign. Well, you know what? I got to give him one. He brought up fourth and 19. Sorry. Yeah, but Johnny went with the but fourth Johnny... and no more. It sort of negates the reference. Like when the guy who's so offsetting responsible penalties? for it. Is that yes, what you're saying? Yes. Both offset, redo but, the down. But yeah. Yeah. Both. It. The yellow card happened, yeah, but it offsets it. Okay, yes, yeah, two so yellows. Good. Okay, what? Wait, what? what? So, so a red card? So, so we're gonna throw this. How about this? <laughs> yeah, throw it. Just don't throw it in anyone's face mask. Yeah, or at the highly priced cameras. <laughs> <laughs> yes, nice. That was a soft, <laughs> soft toss. toss. Yes. Okay. What What needs to happen in your opinion for BYU to take a step forward? All right. One is going to be pretty obvious, and I think I, I don't think I'm going to get any pushback on one. I've got two. And follow me on this one, okay? In my opinion, a step forward showing success this year for BYU would be to replicate last year's success, but by reloading. We all know. What do you mean by this? BYU is replacing the school's all-time leading rusher in Jamal Williams. We know that that weapon offensively is not going to be there. You have a a new-ish quarterback in Tanner Mangum. You're replacing Taysom Hill. You were trying to find a replacement for an extremely effective safety in Kainakua. Prove that BYU can win under any circumstances and with any personnel. That, to me, 
show this what is what good teams do show me that you can do that that's a step forward with this schedule which looks to be tougher than last year's if you can do what you did last year with a reloaded team with this year's schedule that shows me that you're taking a step forward the other one beat utah beat utah and i admit it's hard to say that a single win would show progress but when it comes to beating a team that has beaten you six times in a row, beating, beating Utah is a ta- is tangible evidence of a step forward. So those are my two. Okay, I'm yeah, I'm gonna mine are all tangible. Okay, and those are those are great ones. I, I agree with a lot of what you said there. Win ten games. Okay, you play thirteen on the schedule. Win one more than you did last year. That would be a step in the right direction. Also, as a part of those ten, you need to win against at least Utah or Boise State. Obviously, both is desired, but you haven't beaten those. Th- you didn't beat those two last year. You get your pick. Which one? Battle. You get your pick. Utah, every time, 1,000%. That likely means, by the way, ten winning 10 games. That at the end of the regular season, you're ranked. You're either right there or you're ranked, which would be great. BYU's not finished the season ranked in a long time. BYU won nine games last year, including some close ones, okay? Been there, kind of done that. Now win more. And all I'm saying is win one more. I'm not saying a lot. I make that either Utah or Boise State. And you won the turnover battle against each. Win those games. Take a step forward. To me, that's a step forward. And that's what you want. BYU's used to the eight or nine wins now. And, and trust me, the schedules are tougher. So this eight or nine win kind of threshold that BYU's at right now, that is equal to 10 wins in the Mountain West. So, the schedule is tougher. Okay, so But does, it's harder to swallow. So let's say BYU gets one more win this year, which I think is very possible. So and likely. And three in the regular season. And, and likely. The fact that you have 13 games, does that change anything? No, because I think historically we're not going to remember how many games were played in the regular season. We'll just remember that BYU won 10+. plus. I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you on that. Yeah. Use the hashtag BYUSN, weigh in. What does BYU football need to do in 2017 to take a step forward as a program? And the first step is coming up on August 26th. Countdown to the Viking. 67. That one's, that one's a little weird. There's a little syncopation. There's there. a lot that was, there. That was pretty good. Well done. Well done to you. Thank you. And you, the fans. 67 days. BYU Football Media Day coming up Friday. It's going to be a great week. Keep the tweets coming. Let's go to the Twitter machine. You've got tweets. What does BYU football need to do in 2017 to take a step forward as a program? Or if you're Reese Davis, a program. At Carson Hagberg, I think they need more big wins or unbelievable plays like Nebraska. To me, the number three play in BYU history. Okay, not asking a lot. To give them more national attention for recruiting. What do you think of that? We hear that a lot. Where's where's BYU's big wins? Like they don't they don't when they get on that stage they you hear this a lot that they they don't beat the bigger teams. But I, I guess BYU did beat a team that won a college or went to the college football playoff last year. Like, but here's but what, that team stunk the next. I mean, year, he, he mentions Lebra- Nebraska. As it, as it turned out, Nebraska record wise that year was was not great. Yeah, it was still a big win. They were 500-ish, I believe. So, I mean, like, how, how do you determine a, a big win? D- was last year's Michigan State? Nope. I mean, I understand Michigan State was not a great team last year. Yeah, they were really bad, 4-8. But BYU went in to their nine. house and, and laid a whooping on them. That was a nice win. Yeah, I, th- I think big win. Did you win. consider that a big win? At the time, yes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, historically, no. 
Yeah. Listen, a lot of what happens to you in your life is about how you feel at the time, not historically. At the time, it was BYU's win against Texas. Mac Brown's final season. That was a big win, right? Texas ranked 15th. That team wasn't that good. Oklahoma ranked third. That was a big win. Yes, it was a big win. That team ended up 8-5. and five. It was still a big win. Okay. How did I celebrate? Do you have any idea how I celebrated the win over Oklahoma? You, no, I don't. I went to Disneyland the next day. Yeah? Yeah, I will always remember that. Enjoying like that, you won the Super Bowl? Enjoying that drive down, <laughs> the 12-hour drive down to Anaheim after BYU had just defeated Oklahoma. I was a recently graduated student at Brigham working. I kid you not, there's a piece of confetti falling from the what? ceiling. Look, they're celebrating too. The Oklahoma win wow. is being celebrated all over again. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Uh, I was a part of the uh, rabid students uh, storming Lavelle Edwards Stadium parking lot and running in the streets. It was crazy. It was, that was Mass a fun hysteria. Time. That was a big win. I don't remember doing that, you know, uh, for a long time. At TX Colonel, BYU will win two to three of the Furious Five. Then win most down the stretch, but to take a step forward, must beat Utah. Anything less is a letdown. Is there a situation where BYU doesn't beat Utah, but you feel – like the program took a step forward. Well, That's a no. question I have to ask. Thank you, Larry Kay, for asking that or mentioning that. Beating Utah cannot be the end-all, be-all of a successful or a not-successful season. I agree it with can, you, it but it's going be to have that. a huge I, say in it. I, I understand. Emotionally. I, I, I completely understand from an emotional point of view, it, it, it will hurt. But that, that cannot define your successful season. If you win every game on your schedule this year, except Utah, are you that, telling me that's that not successful? That's such a ridiculous situation. Why is it ridiculous? BYU is not losing to Utah, but beating LSU, Wisconsin, Mississippi State, and Boise State. That's not happening. Okay, but you understand my point. Yes, but it's just so far out okay, there. Okay, so you beat ridiculous. Utah and lose every other game. Is it successful? No. It, no, no. Beating or losing to Utah cannot define success or failure. It, it, will, it will not. It will certainly have a heavy say in it, but you're right. It can't be everything. Don't listen. Don't turn into Utah State where your season rides on beating BYU. Do not turn into Utah State at BYU underscore Bob. Well, if they win the rest of their games and then get invited to a major bowl slash college football playoff and win, I'll be fine. Oh, you'll that, be fine. <laughs> setting the bar quite fine high there, if that Bob. Happens, you won't be ecstatic and crazy. You'll be fine. Come on, brother. Yeah, okay. <laughs> How about uh, at uh, MV Craig, finish the season ranked and beat Utah all I, in caps. I think that beating Utah weighs into everything else in terms of getting to 10 wins, getting ranked. That, that matters. That matters, especially because it's game three and it's a home game. Man, it's not everything, but it's close. Coming up, it's a you lot. Laugh, it's you not lose. everything. With the BYU offensive line and defensive line in between the lines. But first, let's talk with David Nixon. Can BYU football take a step forward without beating Utah? What's trending on BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Ahern Rental. Your next job is our priority. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. We are a simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. The conversation is happening right now on Twitter. 
Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Uh, I don't know if you've heard much about this. Uh, we really haven't talked a whole lot about it. Uh, BYU Football Media Day is coming up on Friday. Uh, we will have wall-to-wall coverage beginning with Tom Homel's State of the Program. We'll also have a two-hour BYU Sports Nation and then a very special look back on the Lavelle Edwards coaching tree. I promise you, you will not want to miss it coming up on Friday. It's going to be awesome. What does BYU football need to do in 2017 to take a step forward as a program? Use the hashtag BYUSN at BYOBlueCoog. Double-digit wins with one of them being the team up north and keep their first-string QB healthy for an entire season. Mm. Hashtag BeatUtah. Hashtag GoCougs. That's an interesting one. That is an interesting one. It's, it's, it's three things here. A successful season is double digits, but one of them has to be Utah, and then you keep Tanner Mangum healthy. Mm. Okay. The, the, the first-string quarterback staying healthy has not happened for a long time. Well, when it's not been a certain someone, it's been okay generally, right? But it's been a while. It has been a while because that guy was the quarterback of BYU Football Independence, Stace Mill. We'll, we'll learn more about him in a moment. But first, at D.D. Holdsbrook, Holdsbooks, excuse me, uh, at Jerem Jordan, off topic, the ball near Jerem has BYU upside down. Please correct, our season depends on it. <gasps> the rugby ball, is that what you're talking oh, about right here? That may. Did you just change the course of history for BYU athletics I hope by for, that? I hope for the better. It's been here. What? Should we be asking why Spencer had that upside? How long has it been there like that? I have no idea. It's all Spencer's fault, I'm told? What? Drama? In, in the 801? Hey, uh, speaking of drama, let's bring in David Nixon on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. David, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, brother. <laughs> Speaking of drama, is that all I do? Is I just create drama? Is that, is that, is that how I going to lead into this interview? Is that I just create drama? You were like, there's one beat. You, you're like TNT. You know drama and uh, played in some dramatic games and some fun ones back in the day. But let's ask you our Twitter question today. What does BYU football need to do in 2017 to take a step forward as a program? I think my answer would be you got to be ranked in the top 25. Um, at any point or at the end? Did you say it again? At any point in the season or at the end? At the end, at the end for sure, because at the end shows you what what you've done throughout the season. And, and frankly, with BYU and Independence, it's going to be tough to to lose a couple games in the middle of the season and still be ranked, you know, top twenty five at the end. You've got to get. And speaking from experience, right during our days in the Mountains Conference, we started one and two, and oh six and oh seven, and we won we won out both years uh, from there, and we, we were ranked at top twenty five. But it took time. You got you kind of kind of got to make your way in there, and if you slip up. You know, any time in there, then the kind of national media discredits you, and there's no way you're going to finish the top 25. So, I, I'd say at the end of the season, when you look back, you've had you have to be in the top 25 at that point. All right, David. The the beating Utah portion of this conversation is something that has been brought up quite a bit. So, in your opinion, can BYU take a step forward without beating Utah? Okay, let me back up here for a second because I came on like three weeks ago and we talked about can it, can it, can it, the season be a success without beating Utah? I, and I said no. You have to beat Utah in order to have the season be a success. And, and, and here's the reason why. I get asked probably a couple times a week 
oh, what, what years did you play? And I tell them, oh, three, oh, six, or oh, eight. And they instantly go to both BYU and Utah fans. They both go to, well, which years were those? You know, referencing the Utah game only. And I have to go on and say, well, oh, three was when we lost three to zero and a, and a you know, blizzard. Oh, six was the Beck to Harleen. Oh, seven was the fourth and 18. And oh, eight was Utah's Sugar Bowl year when they, they had a great team and, you know, we fell short. So the, that is why I say in order for it to be a successful season, that's all people care about here in Utah. And frankly, I think the fan base, both fan bases, is can you beat your rival? But your question is, can you take a perceived step forward without being Utah? And I say yes. And, I, and that is because if BYU somehow comes out of those first four games and they're, say, 2-2, two and two, but then can rattle off nine straight wins, they'll for sure be ranked in the top 25. And going back to my first answer, I think that's how you measure the season and taking a step forward because it's been years now. It's been, it's been a while that BYU's been ranked in that top 25. And, and so I think taking a step forward, begin ranked in the top 25, get some more buzz, and keep building on that. I said 10 wins, which I think means a ranking. Because And our stat of the day, David, was this. BYU hasn't had a five-year drought like this of not winning at least 10 games in a year since 74 to 78. There's always been at least a 10-win season in there every now and then. So BYU plays 13 games this year. How unreasonable is it to think that BYU can win 10 games? Uh, you know, I, I don't think it's unreasonable, um, but I, I don't think if, if you, like I said, if you lose somewhere in, in October, November, there's no way you're finishing the top 25. Yeah. It, just, it, just, it just is what it is. But if you lose early on the season and then you can rattle off some wins, there's a possibility. But, yeah, I mean, it's man, the schedule's tough. And going back to that stat, you know, nor do I think BYU has played, at least I know during my time, we didn't play this tough of a schedule. Sure. Um, you know, we weren't playing LSUs. We weren't playing Wisconsin's. Um, you know, we play, we play Oregon and things like that in bowl games. But your, our preseason schedule was Boston College, which they had Matt Ryan at the time, but they weren't anything, you know, they, they weren't crazy. Crazy good, um, like like an LSU or Wisconsin, uh, and you know we play Tulsa and teams like that, and then get ready for Mountain's conference play. So um, I think that also skews those stats a little bit. Is is the, how you know the strength of schedule, but um, you know, I, hey, ten win season. I, I agree, it's it's a success, but I think. To be able to look at those numbers and see, see BYU ranked at top 25, I think that for fans is a way to, uh, you know, to, to really take a look at the season and see exactly how it panned out. All right, David, give everybody an idea of what the players are doing right now. We know camp starts uh, in August, but what's happening right now during June and July before camp begins? Yeah, things are starting to wind down a little bit, and, and, and it needs to. You know, these these guys have been at it since January. you got all the off-season workouts, which are tough. you got, of course, spring ball, which is tough. Then they've been in classes, uh, spring term. They're taking classes so they can get their scholarship check, and they can stick around and, and do off-season workouts. But it's now getting to the point where a break is needed. And, and I think for, for players and for coaches, everyone kind of takes a break here at the end of June and, and July to get away. You, you need to get away. You've, you've had football on your mind for the last you know 10 10 months straight so two months is needed to kind of take a break um, I, I remember my going to my senior year I went and traveled with my daddy I had some business over in, in Europe and things we went on a you know a couple week vacation you still have to work out I remember we went to Hawaii and I was running sprints uh, up and down uh, this empty grass field and I had people like looking at me like I was some weirdo um, but you, <laughs> they weren't you, wrong you, yeah, <laughs> thank you uh, but you've got to stay in shape and so you got to find ways to work out and get creative because sometimes there aren't the best facilities that you know where you go vacation. Say if you go to Lake Powell, you gotta get creative and find ways to stay in shape. But uh, but a break is needed. So that's coming up here pretty soon. The guys will all take off. Um, probably go back home where a lot of them are from, or go on vacations to Lake Powell or, or wherever it may be. Um, 
and and just kind of get away from the game and then kind of get geared up. You know, and that's it's it's a fun time, especially with the hot weather. You start to you start to have that feel and you, that smell that you, when you walk outside, especially when you come around BYU facilities. There's that those turf fields. They have that that unique smell that. It just kind of gives you that, hey, it's time for, for fall camp. It's, it's getting closer. David Nixon, former BYU Cougar and NFL player, is on BYU Sports Nation. The running backs and receivers are an interesting group, uh, David. There's some good young talent in those groups, but they haven't just played a ton or put up uh, you know, stats to be like, all right, this guy's coming back X, Y, Z. What do you think of those two groups and how they'll fare this year for BYU? You know, I think they'll be successful mostly because you have a lot of talent there. The question mark is who is the talent, right? Who and, and I've harped on this forever. Who is the go-to guy? And who, when you need, when it is third and three, and you need a running back to to you know get those three crucial yards, which Jamal Williams could do. Who is that guy? Is it Squally? Is it KJ Hall? I mean, who who is it? Is it Trey Die? It'll be interesting to see who who emerges as the go-to guy, who's dependable, who doesn't fumble. And I think that's something with Jamal Williams, us BYU fans, we took for granted. I mean, Jamal just never fumbled, you know. And 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 now we're have some younger guys that are going to come in, and you're playing against LSU and Wisconsin, who are going to be stripping the ball constantly. So no doubt, the the running backs and the lack of experience is a little worrisome. Same thing with wide receivers. I mean, who who is the guy there? Is it Jonah? I mean, in the rest, you look down the the rest of the uh, the lineup, there's not a lot of go-to guys. I mean, you look at every year, you've got to have that go-to guy when it is a third and six or seven. You know you can count on them running the proper route. You give them the proper check, whatever it may be, depending on the on the defense coverage, and you expect them to run the right route and be in the right spot and catch the ball. Um, but, in the, you know, in the past, we've had that with Cody Hopkins, Mitch Matthews, those type of guys. Uh, this year, who is it? You know, is, is it Jonah or, or is, it, is it one of the Shomways? I mean, who's going to emerge as that guy? So, uh, no doubt those two during fall camp, someone's going to have to emerge and gain the confidence and trust of Tanner uh, that, that they can be in the right spot. And, and not only Tanner, but the coaching staff as well. You know, and, and, and then you go to the defense side of the ball. Defense, you have a lot of faith in your offensive guys that when you're sucking wind and you're on the bench after going, you know, after having a seven, eight play series, you're hoping they can get first downs. And and so at the same time, those defensive guys are hoping one of those offensive guys emerge because uh, they need rest. And obviously, the more points you put on the board, the, the, the higher likelihood you have a chance of winning. So the whole team's bought into this, and it's, uh, they're all going to be hope, hope, hopefully helping these guys develop um, and, and find that go-to guy. You talked about the running backs and the wide receivers. Those two position groups as, as unproven heading into the season. I think you can add defensive backs to a certain extent, the quarterback. So of those position groups, who do you think is the most unproven? Who has the most to, to learn heading into this? Well, I'll say the quarterback comfortable with. I, I think, uh, obviously, Tanner, it's a great spot. Uh, he's in, uh, so I'm comfortable there. DBs, I mean, you've got a lot of names returning from last year. They've got crucial time. Mikey Hammond, uh, Diane Hadley, Shelton, uh, Warner. I mean, there, there's a lot of guys that, that have had game time experience there. So I don't worry about those two groups in particular. But going back to what I was just saying, yeah, I'd say it's either running backs or wide receivers. You know, in a pro-style offense, you have to you have to establish a run. I mean, that's it's a cliche phrase, but it's it stands true. And so, I think the running back um, is 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 the squad that I would look at that uh, I think is the most unproven. And they're going to have to prove themselves, and and they're going to have to emerge because they're going to have to find a go-to guy. They're they're going to have to find somebody that can take that burden off of of Tanner, um, you know, and 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 get some get win on first and second down to make those third downs more manageable. So, I think running backs is the most unproven. Um, and hopefully they, they prove us all wrong come, uh, come fall ball time and, and come Portland State time. 
What do you expect from Tanner Mangum this year? Because the offense is totally different from two years ago when he was a freshman. The receivers he had that year were fantastic, were tall, were rangy, were athletic. Uh, I, uh, Tanner Mangum this year in a new offense, what do you expect from him this season? Well, I lo- I've always compared him to John Beck. And, and if you look at John Beck's numbers, um, John Beck is a sophomore through 15 touchdowns. As a junior, he threw 27, uh, so almost doubled it up. Uh, he threw for 20, oh, a little over 2,500 yards as a sophomore, threw for 3,700 yards a junior year. So this is, I think this is the year that Tanner, similar to John Beck, I think this is the year Tanner breaks out. And I think that we see an improvement in his game, uh, mostly because he did. He had a chance to sit underneath uh, Taysom last year and tie and learn the offense. I mean, he's a student of the game. We know that. He's a bright kid. Uh, and so I think this is the year that he really converts it from, um, you know, his struggles he's had in the past to taking that big step forward and, and as a junior, as an upperclassman, now has a chance to go out there and, and command this team. There's no more, hey, we're going to go, is Taysom going to be healthy next week or the week after? No, it's, it's 100% Tanner's team. And so uh, there's no doubt that he's got the confidence there of the teammates and his coaches. Now, go out, now he just has to go out there and perform. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing. But I think being able to learn the offense and, and sit back there in the meetings and, and ask questions and pick apart it last year um, is, is a huge help to him this year going into into the season. Last thing for you, you mentioned Taysom Hill. Obviously, uh, you're pretty close with Taysom. What's the latest with him in Green Bay? Is there, is there anything coming out of there that's looking positive for him heading into uh, uh, to training camp? You know, we talk pretty often, uh, especially yeah, I think he tries to lean on a little bit of my experience uh, and, and kind of how to navigate this whole uh, NFL deal. Um, but he's just competing. You know, it's, this is a tough time in the NFL because you don't really get a ton of feedback. The coaching staff, they're still evaluating all the players. And so there's, there's not depth charts they post. I mean, there's a natural depth chart that you fall into, but that can move depending on the day. Um, and so, you know, it's just one of those things where he's out competing. And that's where he thrives. He thrives in those type of conditions when he has to go out there competing. So um, he's just plugging away. They're off now. He's actually back here in Utah for the next month or so. Uh, until he has to head back out there for for their camp, um, but uh, all in all, it's been a positive you know off season time with with the Packers and OTAs have been have been good, and I think he's pretty optimistic. So um, you know the the feedback from the Packers is they with Aaron Rodgers come preseason game time, they don't really need to play him, right? He's he's a proven guy, so that opens up time for Hundley, the back of quarterback, um, and and Callahan and and uh, Taysom to come in and and get some reps, and so. Once again, it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out, and uh, it'll be exciting. I, I actually plan to go to the last preseason game and uh, watch them out there in Green Bay, so we'll, we'll see how it goes. It helps that Jamal Williams and uh, Colby Pearson are on the squad as well. That'll be a ton of fun to watch. David, we appreciate the time, man. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks, guys. David Nixon on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. I think David would mind if I just tagged along for that. I don't think so. Um, there's probably a suitcase that could fit you. Just hop it. Just, just contort hop in my body into yeah. one of the small suitcases. If he's flying Southwest, bags fly free. So uh, it'd be good. Maybe it's twenty five bucks. Who Maybe knows? I'm willing to pay twenty five dollars to go see that. That'd be worth it. Coming up, Cougars on the Diamond update plus a new between the lines with Lauren Frankham. You laugh, you lose. O line versus D line. This one's gonna be fun. This is BYU Sports Nation.
Welcome back. Jeremy Jordan and Jason Shepard in Radio Vision, live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. We're also on demand anytime, anywhere, people. In fact, if you missed our interview with David Nixon, we just had him on. He was talking about which position group is the most unproven in his opinion. You can catch that interview and more on the BYU TV or BYU Radio apps, or you can simply download the podcast. And his comments on how Utah, can BYU step forward as a program if they don't beat Utah? He had an interesting insight into that as well. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Kalani Satake and Kyle Winningham, speaking of BYU in Utah, played together in yesterday's annual Kidney Foundation Charity Golf Invitational. Great cause. They ended the tournament shooting 12 under 61. No one was forced to uh, sing the other school's fight song, by the way. But Robbie Bosco and Brian Santiago's team did win it for the Cougars. Absolutely. Jacob Brugman went 0 for 3 in an A's loss to the Astros last night. Brugman and the A's are set to play Houston again tonight at 10 Eastern time. BYU starting pitcher, former starting pitcher, Maverick Buffo, signed with the Toronto Blue Jays yesterday. No official word on where he will be assigned. Adam Law went 1 for 4 in an Arkansas Travelers loss to the Northwest Arkansas Naturals. This was his third game back after coming back from the disabled list. Good to see Adam Law back in double A after hurting his leg. And he is with my Mariners organization, so I love it. Uh, BYU Football Media Days this Friday, as we've chronicled. I can't wait. It's a day where we'll preview the season with coaches, players, and special guests, including your boy, Andy Reid, yes. head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. Cannot one, wait. One of the keys to the season will be the play of BYU's offensive and defensive lines. And boy, do these guys have personalities as big as their bellies and muscles. Let's get to know them a little bit better in this week's Between the Lines. BYU Sports Nation presents Between the Lines. Well, Jerem, the rules are very simple. You laugh, you lose. We put the O-line versus the D-line using impersonations of coaches and teammates to see which players would break and which players could hold a straight face. This is You Laugh, You Lose. We're with the offensive and defensive line of the BYU football team, and we're going to play a game called You Laugh, You Lose. Man, I just got added by this girl. Who knows her? It's handsome. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Was it? Man, when I was back in San Jose, it's, it's, the, it's the best place ever. Cool. Uh, quarterbacks. Quarterbacks over here with me. Uh, offensive line over here. <laughs> Go Cougars! <laughs> Kanua! Where you at? Wake up! Your mom. <laughs> I might be off the team by the end of the segment. <laughs> All right, guys, we're gonna go out. We're playing the best team in the country. We squat more than anybody else. We run more than anybody else. Guys, we got to get it go. <laughs> watch out, watch out, watch out. My kids are coming. One, two, eight, seven. Can I head that for my son? <laughs> hey, uh, before I say anything, hey, Butch, like, you're a good guy, uh, great guy. <laughs> so, uh, oh, what's up, so, so, uh, Kalani, uh, were you, uh, 
Where you all at? Alright guys, it was 4th and 19. <laughs> I looked to the sideline and the coach was like, son, run the ball. <laughs> I took the snap, I saw the open gap, and I got tackled after one yard. <laughs> <laughs> hey Tijon, where are you at? Huh? Huh? Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> Wide 80. Wide 80. Shut up, Kesney. That wasn't a sack. Wide. <laughs> For one million dollars. <laughs> Would you? <laughs> hey guys. <laughs> hey, hey, plus 100 followers. Oh my God. Can I tell a story? Yeah. I don't even know a story. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. And the winner of You Laugh, You Lose is the defensive line. Hey! I want to tell you guys a story about my first son. <laughs> because my boy Corbin here wakes up five minutes before practice and gets to the facility. My first son, though. <laughs> he is here an hour early, getting treatment, getting his mind right. But my second son shows up five minutes before the freaking meeting. <laughs> I think it's safe to say that they all lost. Would you say that's safe to say? We I think all won. We, we all won. We I definitely all won. Corbin felt, it was very therapeutic for Corbin to be talking about that. <laughs> I know he's all. Uh, I got give, give me the mic. Give me that. Give me that. My yeah. first son. My first, that, I think that helped Corbin a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Kenzie Talzing as Johnny Linehan. Oh, run the ball. I love look to, to the sideline. Side <laughs> JJ and Wigway so as Butch Pau. Kalani? <laughs> Usually, Kesney is kind of quiet, so that was hilarious to see yeah. him do impersonations. You guys didn't even let me finish my... Oh, sorry. Guys, hey, follow us on Twitter at BOU underscore BTL using the hashtag BOUBTL. Next week, we do Lunch with Lauren with Rory Linkletter, the track star that took second place in Nationals a couple of weeks ago. I almost said Rory McElroy. That's the first time it wow, came Wow, that'd be quite the... That would be really cool, but it's Linkletter, which uh, is equally Hey, coolest Rory on campus, you know? Yeah. Uh, I noticed anyway, Mo Longy was there. Mo Longy was there. He didn't want to play. We got permission for him to play, and he wouldn't. He didn't want to play. Only oh, didn't want to He's play. He's a funny guy, though. No, yeah, He's we met really him in Karate. He's hilarious. Yeah. I yeah. just loved how how they had to do very little for everybody to realize they were talking about handsome. <laughs> <laughs> no Poor words. Handsome. He's the brunt of many <laughs> no a joke. Words. He's the brunt of many a joke. That was great. Guys. That was yeah. fantastic. Also, yeah, uh, a special congratulations to you. You're getting married on Saturday. We're Thank all you. very excited. Lauren's getting everybody. married to Steve. Aww. We're very excited for the two of them. <laughs> very exciting. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Okay. Yep.
That's between and make the sure lines. everyone, I'm doing a shameless plug here. Watch the web chats on Media Day as well. Some oh, of those yeah. guys, some of those guys that you just saw are gonna be on the web chats as well. What times are the web chats? Eight. So these are all mountain times, eight to nine, and then noon to two, and then three to four. Okay. We we'll uh, get those schedules out. Yeah, Lawrence <laughs> doing web chats, state of the program, two hour BYU Sports Nation, Lavelle Edwards coaching tree. It's gonna be a full day. It'll be an awesome day. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Hey, thank you, Lauren. Our Twitter question, what does BYU football need to do in 2017 to take a step forward as a program at the real BYUSN? What? What is this? What what is this? We are the real BYUSN. Wait a minute. If you, someone says the real anything, you know immediately they're not the Why real. Why isn't it the real? Anyway, uh, beating decent teams by a larger margin would show great progress, and it will also save my dad from a last play heart attack. Winning is winning! Whether it's but by twenty, your parents would be helpful, too. Yeah, that's true. Coming up. Find out the latest on Ashley Hatch, but first we read your tweets. This is BYU Sports Nation. Between the Lines on BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Martin's Collision Repair. The right repair, the right paint, the right choice. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Jeremy Jordan and Jason Shepard live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Watch our daily rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 Eastern. BYU Sports Nation will be two hours on Friday as part of BYU Football Media Day. We will have... Absolutely. The Motab will not be there. We will have head coach Kalani Satake, offensive coordinator Ty Detmer, defensive coordinator Lisa Tuiaki, as well as Tanner Mangum, and much, much more. That's this Friday from noon until 2 Eastern time. Sorry, lightly distracted because uh, the boss at McMinn 5 just said uh, Foo Fighters are coming to Salt Lake in December. So, yeah, this is very exciting. This is that's that's not breaking BYU Sports Nation news, but that's breaking that's uh, that's big music news. news. That's huge for Salt Lake and uh, wherever else they're going in the country. So that's great. Thanks, Michael, for tweeting that. Now I'm distracted. What does BYU football need to do in 2017 to take a step forward as a program? Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. Yes, it is. Use the hashtag BYUSN at passer Ron B. Best U- Best Utah. I'm assuming that's beat Utah comfortably have 10 plus wins to set up for a special season in 2018. I've said this many times on this program. The future is overrated. The future is overrated. The future is always positive. Or negative, whatever. <laughs> it's neutral. Beat Utah comfortably. Just beating Utah. It doesn't yeah, matter what margin. Take out the word comfortably. It doesn't matter what margin. It really doesn't. Like, if BYU had beaten them last year by one... It would have been 21-20. I mean, do you... If, uh, well, but it wasn't comfortably. The, you know what? I don't think BYU took enjoy a step forward because they didn't beat Utah comfortably. Just no, I, Utah. I feel you want to win, but you want to win by more. I, I get we it. We get it. Beggars can't be choosers. When you've lost six, uh, you know, six in a row, you can't, you can't say comfortably, in my opinion. A special season in 2018. Why not in 2017? Live in the present. Live in the present. That's why it's a gift, Jason. <laughs> the future is always positive, Jeremy. Well, no, well, always positive. What? Always. Yeah. The when future you, is always bright. When you go to the future, to me, you ignore the present. Like, if you don't like the future, just uh, the present, just talk about the future. All right, this is getting way too deep. At BYU underscore Bob with his second tweet of the show, have the bounces go their way. Uh, I can't think of a serious flaw in their game. They just need to close games out better. Okay, last year, BYU played that incredible run of, you know, seven close games in eight weeks. And the final game was decided by a touchdown or less as well. BYU played eight games decided by a touchdown or less. BYU's record in those eight, 
four and four. The difference between getting eight or nine wins and getting to double digit wins is being on the high side of the close games. You got to be on the high side. You got to beat Boise State and Utah when you're plus three and plus five in turnover margin. You just have to do it. That's the difference. You look at the last time BYU was ranked in a poll to end a season. It was the USA Today poll because USC was ineligible in their poll. BYU finished 25th that year. Riley Nelson, 2011, first year of independence. BYU was 4-1 and one in close games. Therefore, they got to 10 wins. Well, how many times, That's one of the keys. How many times do you hear college football coaches talk about the fact, and Broncos said this a lot, that football games come down to basically two or three critical plays. Yeah. And how many of those critical plays are we going to make? That, that's what it really comes down to is a handful of plays that if you make them or, or make the majority of them, in a likelihood you're going to win. 2015, BYU was really good at this. Obviously, Nebraska and Boise State and uh, gave up a lead at UCLA, able to come back against UConn in the fourth quarter and East Carolina and those kinds of games. Uh, the, BYU was good in those situations, therefore – they were able to get a couple of wins that maybe you weren't going to get anyways. Um, at Melocopter had a great tweet as well saying, beat teams that win at least eight games. BYU only beat two teams last year that won eight games. To me, eight games is the minimum for a team that is considered good plus. Eight wins, okay? You're eight and four in the regular season, eight and five, whatever. Last year, let's see, who are they again? Toledo and Wyoming. Those were the, Those two. Are the only two. Because uh, Michigan State wasn't good. Mississippi State wasn't actually that good, 6-7. and seven. They're expected to be a lot better this year. Beat teams that win 8-plus. I like that because there's, there's a bunch of those teams on BYU's schedule in the first half. The back half, no. The back half, those are teams that BYU should handle. Uh, at SF Garrett, beating Utah and either LSU or Wisconsin and finishing 11-2 and two will be a great step forward. Well, yeah, I agree. That'd be a couple steps. Yeah, I agree. It would be a great step forward. Either LSU or Wisconsin? Oh, yeah. That would be a, a Utah win and a win over either LSU or Wisconsin? Yeah, that's pretty good. The Furious Five is uh, – BYU's record in that will swing the season. We're talking about the difference between eight and ten wins. I don't see BYU losing less than eight. Sorry, losing less than uh, – you know, more than four. So eight and four is kind of the minimum. I think ten and three would be kind of the peak. So, yeah, it depends how you fare against Utah, Boise State, LSU, Wisconsin – and Boise State, or Mississippi State, sorry. Those five. The how key. About, how about this one? At BYU Golf 801. Mm. All in caps. So this could be... Are you going to read this verbatim? This could be Guy Holiday tweeting this. I don't know. <laughs> uh, beat Utah, 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 beat Utah. All in caps. I don't get it. Then he says, you guys are young and too PC. It's everything. Oh, no, don't turn into Utah don't State. Don't turn in... T- it's not everything. It's not everything. You can still be successful. You want to beat Utah, yes, but it's not everything. I just think beating Utah means a lot. It's not everything. Hey, the whip is next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. A sincere thank you to today's guest, David Nixon. If you missed any of today's show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Football Media Day coming up on Friday. We've got Kalani Satake, Ty Detmer, Tanner Mangum, Fred Warner, and more. In the meantime, let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. 
Kalani Satake and Kyle Whittingham played together in yesterday's annual Kidney Foundation Charity Golf Invitational. They ended the tournament shooting a 12-under 61. No one, unlike years previously, was forced to sing the other school's fight song. Come on. Jimmer! The brackets for the basketball tournament, a.k.a. TBT, have been released. Team for Debt is a 10 seed and will face Team Utah in the opening round on July 16th at 7 Eastern. Team for Debt features former BYU Cougars Charles Buell and Brandon Davies, as well as James Taft as the head coach. Cougars in the major leagues. Jacob Brugman went 0 for 3 in an A's loss to the Houston Astros last night. Brugman and the A's are set to play the Astros again tonight at 10 Eastern. Cougars in the minors. Former BYU starting pitcher Maverick Buffo signed with the Toronto Blue Jays organization yesterday. No official word on where he will be assigned initially. Adam Law went, what? You excited about it? I am I am excited about it. You that. burst out in excitement? I, I was going to read the Adam Law news. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, Adam Law went one for four in an Arkansas Travelers loss to the Northwest Arkansas Naturals. This was his third game back after returning from the disabled list. Soccer. So are they all like Robert Redford? Like, what's the situation there? Ashley Hatch has been nominated for the National Women's Soccer League Goal of the Week for a second time this season. She scored in the 38th minute in a 3-1 North Carolina Courage win over the Boston Breakers last week. And today's Rise of Chats brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most, DexterLaw.com. Who gets it today, Jason? Rise and shout today. How about... Handsome Tenny Allen. <laughs> Wait, why the crickets? Why the crickets? What? Handsome, yeah, handsome. Yeah, Bumblebee in the control room there. Handsome Tanny Allen. Communicates through the board there. How about that? Handsome Tanny Allen. He, yeah, he took some grief. T- yeah. In between the lines. Today. We're going to give him the rise and shout for being a good sport. Also, Johnny Linehan. He weighed in to the Twitter <laughs> yes. question yes. as well. Fantastic. Our Twitter question today, what does BYU football need to do in 2017 to take a step forward as a program at KGS7? Beat Utah, beat Utah, beat Utah. What? Again? Beat LSU or Wisconsin. Owen beat Utah. Hashtag BYUSN. It's, it's, it's not going away. It's not everything, it's, but it's almost everything. It's a lot of things. To a lot of people, it's everything. Especially because six years in a row is just intolerable. And because most likely you have Ute fans in your neighborhood. And if, you're tired and, of having And if you don't, you have that relative or that friend. Like, <laughs> it's, an, it's a national thing. Right? Yeah. Obviously in Utah and... Uh, you know, in my mom's case, the guy in her ward or whatever. That Yeah, it's it's a thing. To be a BYU fan is to be intermingled with Utah fans in your network that give you a hard time. But guess what? It's only annoying because BYU hasn't won in six years, almost seven. When BYU wins, trust me, you'll enjoy it a lot more. Hey, it hasn't happened because it hasn't happened yet. That's sound logic, Jason. Yep. yep. <laughs> Elite tweet of the day, at Johnny Linehan 9. Keep that Johnny Lineman guy off the field. That's an autocorrect. Autocorrect. Lineman. Johnny Lineman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do? Conversation continuing 24-7 on Twitter. Don't forget, use the hashtag BYUSN. Jason, I'm Jeremy. Shout out to Vernon Ravston. Yeah. BYU Sports Nation. Back at it tomorrow at noon Eastern, baby. Beat Utah. <laughs>